0: Ourani mekasher asmi lechol ha tzadikim amitim, shabedochenu chol ha tzadikim amitim shochna afar. Kadoshim asher ba'aretem avifchal rabenu. Kadosh tzadikim zodranam nachanu bemeku chokhma. Rabenu nachman v'eged matzim chana nach nachmanach uman zochutot again alenu berkolis chalam. This week Hashem today we start a new Torah, a very long Torah, Torah dalel de'liqute moarantinana, as we're going to see in this lesson, which focuses on stakah. So let's hop right into it. Uv'yom HaBikurim, as it's brought down in the verse, in Bamidbar, chapter 28, Uv'yom HaBikurim, and on the day of the first fruits, Be'akrivichem mincha chadasha la'ashem, be'shavuot e'chem, when you bring an offering of a new meal to God on Shavuot, mikha kodesh yelachem. it shall be sanctified as a holy day. It should be sanctified as holy for all of you. Kol meleche t'avodad lo t'asu, all Labor, all works, a person should not do on this day. Okay. Ot Aleph. Ve'eth ha'oghevim t'viti As born Menachim, book 1, chapter 17. God says, and the ravens I have commanded to feed you. I have commanded the ravens to feed you. That verse, which is mentioning the ravens coming to feed a person. I think it's referencing Eliyahu and is with regard to tzataka, charity. So let's see here. Because at the start or at the beginning, when a person begins to give an offering or to donate to charity, the first thing a person needs to do is to break his inner cruelty and his heartlessness and to turn that into compassion and mercy. This is the essential service of what doing charity is. This is the essence of charity. because someone who is compassionate by nature and who gives charity because he's compassionate by nature. this is not what we call Avoda a work, a service. This isn't a service because you're not working for it. because there are many animals who have compassion. In their nature, but the essential service of Tzitaka as well, to turn that cruelty, in to break that cruelty and to turn it into compassion. Meaning to break yourself in giving charity. And this is why it's brought in the verse. And I commanded the ravens to sustain you, to feed you. Because it is brought down. Um, Rashi brings this down the Gemara brings this down, the David brings this down, that uh, the raven by nature is cruel. It's a cruel animal. And what did it do? It it completely overturned its cruelty into compassion in order to sustain Eliyahu and Avi. And the same is true of just like what the raven did with Eliyahu Navi, we must do with regard to tzedakah, giving charity. And all those who are benevolent, of heart, anyone who is a donor, who is generous, he needs to go through and to pass through at the beginning through this pathway. The pathway of what we just mentioned, that the raven, was commanded to feed. Meaning to break a person's cruelty and to turn it into compassion. Because anyone who wants to be generous and compassionate needs to first break his inner cruelty, whatever is cruel about him at the beginning, and to turn that into compassion to, to be able to donate to charity. This is why Rabbenu was saying it's so big, not just to give one dollar if it's easy for you, but to give to the point where it hurts just to the point where it hurts, because that is actually turning the cruelty into compassion. on bet, on this aspect, atchalat meaning the beginning of charity, which is to break that cruelty and turn it into compassion, He kasha me'od, it is very difficult and very heavy. He ko'ila avodot because all the services and all the tshuva a person does, the returning to God, a person does, kol the, um, Anytime a person wants to do some sort of service to serve Hashem, how many screams does a person need to say "Oy Vavoy, woe unto me"? And how many sighs does a person need to do? And how many how many kfilut genuflections? And how many gestures? Meaning all those. Those strange movements a person does uh, or a person who fears God does whenever he tries to serve Hashem. So Rabin was saying, how many of these things does a person need to do before he acts any sort of service, before he does any sort of act of holiness? The ikar ba'at khala, um, and the essence is bahat khala at the beginning. The essential difficulty when it comes to serving Hashem is at the beginning when you begin that service. Shaz Kashem that at that time, at the beginning of a service, it's very difficult. Because it's brought down in the Michilta and Parashatitro and Rashi also brings it down that all the beginnings are difficult. So it's the beginning that really counts. And a person needs to scream how many screams and how many sighs before he actually begins to start that commencement. And also afterwards, after a person starts. That service of God also doesn't come easy. And a person needs how much toiling and how many movements, as we mentioned above. Before a person merits to do any sort of act that has beauty. But however, the beginning is very, very difficult. Because the essential derivatives of tzadikim, what are the true descendants of tzadikim? Good acts. That, that is the true offspring of the tzadikim, as they brought down in Midrash Tan Khuma and Rashi as well that the, the essential dis, um, offspring of the tzaddikim are good actions. We see that what? Any commandment that a person fulfills of God, any good act, and all sort of service of Asha, they're all the aspect of holada, birthing. Because we just said that the, the offspring of tzaddikim are good acts. So we see that good acts represent an offspring, a child, a birth and just as these good actions are considered offspring so before a person gives birth before a woman gives birth how many screams and how many pangs and contractions does she need to go through before she gives birth to that um, child and specifically when it comes to a first time birth when it's the first time a woman gives birth that when it's the first time a woman gives birth, then it's very difficult. As it's brought down in Yeremiah chapter 4. Pain like a first time birth. That the pain of a first time birth is uh, is uncomparable to all sorts of other pain because it's the first time. This is the true commencement we're talking about. As we saw above the Mikhita and Rashi. That all the beginnings are difficult. This is what we're talking about. And Rabban is teaching us that what charity, is always the commencement. It's always the beginning. it is brought down in Dvarim, chapter 15, um, You shall surely open up your hand to him, as is brought down in the verse. You shall surely open up your hand to this person meaning for Tz'taka, because even when there's an opening and a commencement, what does Tz'taka do? Even if a person commences already, Tz'taka only makes the opening even wider and expands the opening. Because every single thing When it comes to the service of God, when a person wants to enter that service and to that path and wants to serve Hashem, a person needs to make an opening to enter that sort of pathway that he wants to go to. And this is what we're talking about, that all the beginnings are difficult. Because, at the beginning, when a person begins to do some sort of new service, for example, a person wants to go to the Mikveh for the first, for to start going to the Mikveh consistently, or to start studying Torah consistently. It can be any single thing. A person needs to create a new opening because you're going from one extreme to the next extreme. So it's very, very difficult to start. So a person needs to create a new opening, and that new opening is what we call kolat khalat kashot. All the beginnings are difficult because you're creating an opening out of nowhere. <clears throat> so you need to... Break open and open up a new pathway. Completely new. Therefore it's very difficult. And what is the propitious strength of Tzaka? That the strength of Tzaka is so awesome that it can do what? It's able to expand that opening, that door, that you just opened up to that service even more and more. That when a person opens up a new pathway in some sort of service of God. And He gives tzedakah. Then that tzedakah that He gives in commencing, that new service, whatever that service is, is able to open up and to expand that entrance more and more and more. Because tzedakah is the commencement of all the openings, of all the beginnings. This is the beginning of all the beginnings. Because it expands and opens all the entrances. And with regard to charity itself, there's also an opening. Because when a person begins to consistently give tzedakah, which is the aspect of what we saw above, when Hashem says, and I commanded the ravens to feed you, meaning when a person begins to give charity, it's very difficult because he's not used to giving away his money. So it becomes very difficult. It's the aspect of breaking your own cruelty because you're not used to that. You're used to keeping it for yourself therefore the opening and the commencement of giving charity is very difficult and heavy. Because this is the opening of all the other openings. Because if Tzlaka is the opening of all the openings, imagine the opening for Tzlaka. How difficult it must be. And section 3, teaches us the benefit and the advantage of giving charity is very, very great. Because Charity is constantly beneficial and constantly effective. Because the needs of the body are very, very, are very much. There are many needs to the body. The body needs many things. And even the essentials to the body are very necessary. That the water a person needs to drink, the food, the health, the this, the that, whatever it needs to be, the sleep. The body requires lots of things. Food, drink, Garments, shelter. That a person can literally spend days and years just on the essentials alone. And these essentials prevent a person tremendously from serving God. And Rabban was saying that even though these essentials are in itself a service of Hashem. Because they represent the awakening from down below, meaning the good actions that we need to do down here to awaken God's abundance from up there. Because with the service down below, we are able to awaken up above. Meaning with according to the actions that we do down here, we're able to bring down um, influx from up above. And it's all dependent upon how we act down here. So yes, those things like going to earn a pan- panasa, whatever it is, whatever it is. Food, drink, garments, shelter, all that stuff. Yes, they're necessary. And yes, they're not a tashem. Because Rabbeinu is teaching us that through all these involvements, these acts, these works, these works, sorry, that a person does, the labours that a person does, through this he's able to awaken. The, the 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 image and the design of that work up above, b'maasib Rashid with regard to the creation of the world. Meaning, every single work that we do in this world um, correlates to and symbolizes a work up above that God did whenever He created the world. And whenever we do that work, for example, buying a home or something like that, or um, wearing clothing, etc., and all that stuff, correspond to the act that God did in creating the world. That there's two is an act that God did which is considered the aspect of wearing clothing. So we're able to awaken that design up there, that work that God did in the creation of the world. And we bring life force and illumination to that design of that labor with regard to the work of creation that took place up there. Which directly parallels that work and that Involvement that person is doing down here in this world, because through the actions and the asakim, that which we're being, that which we're dealing with, we're able to create th- through this, through these things, the aspect of the mishkan, the tabernacle. Because now Rabbenu is going to teach us how through the essentials that we engage in in this world, the things that we need to do we're actually able to build a Mishkan through that. We're building the aspect of the Mishkan because all the works, all the labor a person does are encompassed within the 39 labors of the tabernacle that took place in the tabernacle. Shema Avot menachot which are the primary labors, primary works. Avot Miklan. And Avot Miklan, the ikatoladot, Adot brought down in Baba in the Gemara, that when it says Avot, which means primary, they're primary sorts of labor, that implies that there are derivatives as well. as well That there are things that offshoot off those primary works of labor that are also aspects of labor but are branches. Because all sorts of labor and work that we do are all encompassed within the 39 works which are the primary works that we talked about with regard to the tabernacle. And the rest of them are derivatives. And these 39 works correspond to the works of the Mishkan, the works that we did in the Tabernacle. It's brought down on the Gemara Shabbat, page 49B. It's brought down on the Shabbat that these primary works are 40 minus 1, meaning that it's the 39. But what does this correspond to? corresponds to the works of the Mishkan, meaning why are there 49 works? Corresponding to the thirty why sorry, why are the thirty-nine works? Correspond to the thirty-nine works of the Mishkan. The de the udabhishit and it's brought in in the Izawa Kadosh, that the form the tsiuha de mashkana, the forms in the Mishkan, the images in the Mishkan, the, sorry, the designs in the Mishkan, the forms in the Mishkan are like the forms of the acts of creation. That they resemble the way God created the world. So if what we just said is that when we engage in work and all these asakim and all these melachot that we're engaging in, it corresponds to the 39 works of the Mishkan and the, Mish- the, the works of the Mishkan correspond to um, the acts of creation, then it must be that our actions in this world also to correspond to the acts of creation. And that we're awakening that act of creation that, it took, that took place in the six days of creation when God created the world and the person who's doing this work, and it's brought down in the Zohar, tides this all together, that the form of the body resembles the form of the Mishkan. We find, that when a person is doing this work and this action, through this you're creating the Mishkan. When you're doing that work and that involvement properly, when it's being done accordingly, according to what a person needs to do it. Meaning, in the way it needs to be done. And through this, we're able to give a life force a vitality, an illumination to the acts of creation. And this is what sustains the world. This is what sustains the world. So we see, Rabbeinu is proving to us, that also the actions of this world, that a person needs to do, also is service of Hashem. Because we see how how far it goes to the point where we're literally bringing life force and vitality to the acts of creation. um, To the acts of creation, exactly. Nonetheless, if God bestowed upon us His loving-kindness, we would not need of all of these works and all these labors. For how did God create The entire world out of absolute nothingness. Ex nihilo. How did God create something out of nothing? When there was no existence through which to affect an arousal from below. Literally, there was nothing in existence yet when God created everything. He created worlds like these. Which shows us something awesomely supernatural. Everything was through God's kindness. Without any awakening from below at all, because not nothing existed until God created it. Which means that there was nothing down here that motivated Hashem to create the world, except for the fact that He desired to do so. Chapter eighty-nine. The world is built on Chesed, on loving kindness, meaning that God created the world out of His abundant kindness and not because he saw that there was something that made him desire to do so, meaning that he, there was an awakening down below to, to make him desire to create such things. He did it out of his own volition. And because of the fact that God was able to create worlds like these without any awakening from down below, only through His loving kindness. It is certain that He's he's able to bring life and to sustain all the worlds only through His kindness again, just as He did when He created it. And we do not need, and if God decided so, we would not need at all to do any sort of labor or work. And even the essentials, that is all the clothing that we need, the food and the drink to survive, the shelter, that too would be done by others. It would be provided by others. Kemoshu brought that on Yeshaya chapter 61. Foreigners will stand and pasture your flocks. Uvneinecha <inaudible> ikarehem and the sons of the stranger will be will be your plowmen and your vineyard workers. Le'atem <inaudible> And you shall be called the priests of God. Meaning that in the end of times, when the world is built through chesed, will be rebuilt through chesed, that what Hashem is going to bestow us without um, bestow upon us all these chasadim, these benevolences, without us needing to do anything. This is what will happen. So, God, if He so decided, could do the same thing right now. He doesn't need our actions to bring down, um, He doesn't need our actions to bring this illumination or etc., etc., to create these worlds because He did it without it in the first place. is <laughs> brought down in the verse, You shall be priests of God. <laughs> what is priest? It represents the aspect of chesed. Because we know the, the Kohen gadol represents chesed. Which is the aspect that the world shall be built through loving kindness. Meaning that we will be called priests of God. The aspect of chesed, kindness. Meaning we won't need to do any work at all. The world will be completely maintained through God's kindness. However, when God holds back His loving kindness, God forbid He does not um, bestow upon us His loving kindness Then we need to affect and arousal down below This is why it's brought in Tehilim This is the meaning of what it's brought in Tehilim Chapter 62 The Chesed belongs to you God Because you repay a man according to his actions Meaning when Chesed is held back Um by God. Which is what we see in the verse that the chesed belongs to you, God, meaning that you're not giving it to us, it's still with you. That the chesed is, is held back with God and He's not bestowing it upon us. Then what happens? You repay a man according to his actions. Because according to the acts and the labor a person does, this is how God pays him. Meaning, whenever God's chesed is not bestowed upon us. Because we need to specifically act whenever or because of the fact that God's chesed um, has been prevented prevented from being bestowed upon us. But if God were to bestow upon us chesed, we would not need to do anything at all. As we saw in the verse in, pro- in Yeshaya in that prophecy. And then we would be able to fulfill the verse. Um, because you repay a man according to his actions. As if God... Um, as if he was doing an action. Meaning that you repay a man. As if you repay a man as if he was acting. But he's not even doing anything because his cheser is down in the world. Because when God bestows his cheser in the world... We do not need to do anything at all. We are Kohanei HaShem. We have the aspect of Chesed. And then everything is done for us. That is it for today. Bezalat HaShem. We will continue with section 4 next class. Bezalat HaShem.